This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So we had uh, this announcement today from Heritage Minister Melanie Jolie. They have agreed to invest a minimum of $500 million in original productions in Canada in both official languages over the next five years. Well, they being Netflix. Now, you might recall uh, not too long ago, there was a lot of concern that maybe we'd be uh, getting an internet tax or an internet levy. Maybe the uh, feds would be going after Netflix specifically or the internet more in general to find money to fund the production of more Canadian content. Well, fortunately, that didn't happen today. This was the Heritage Minister unveiling a new Creative Canada policy. Uh, Netflix has agreed to spend up to $500 million over the next five years on creating Canadian content. And so I suppose that for now avoids the need to, to go after them on the tax side. So that's the, the big component of this uh, announcement today. But I want to get a better sense of what it all means going forward, what the government's trying to accomplish here, what it means in the digital realm. Because what about Netflix competitors? Or what about YouTube? What about Facebook? What about Twitter? If they're going to be increasingly in the content game, how do Canadian broadcast regulations apply? Now, joining us uh, for some thoughts on all this, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Rosalie Wanch, who's a, a policy analyst at the C.D. Howe Institute, cdhow.org. Rosalie, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Happy to be here. Uh, so what's your sense here of what the government is trying to accomplish? Well, really, the overarching goal is to make sure that Canadian cultural content still actually gets produced. And so uh, in terms of that, this seems like a win for them and also potentially a win for Netflix because uh, in agreeing to make this investment, they, uh, the government has also not decided to impose the full gambit of CRTC funding and Canadian content regulations, restrictions, and whatnot. So um, I would say that this is a good middle ground, and uh, at the very least, it's $500 million that's guaranteed to go towards Canadian funding. Right. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you highlight where, where some people think Netflix is kind of getting off easy here because they, they don't face those regulations. Uh, we're not going after them in, in terms of uh, taxation or imposing uh, some kind of tax on them. Do, do, you, do you think they're getting off easy here? Does this seem reasonable to you? Uh, well, I do think that it's interesting that uh, this is the route that the government has decided to go, um, because my own research into um, the into the broader issues of uh, cross-border digital content and what it means in terms of uh, taxation just for GST and HST, um, in some terms, uh, it, applying if uh, Canada were to apply the GST and HST to companies like Netflix or um, Spotify that deliver digital content to Canadians, 
uh, Netflix would actually remit about $52 million per year if uh, the government were to impose GST and HST. But uh, recently, Netflix increased its uh, price of subscriptions by a dollar. And um, though we don't know that that is related, that will, roughly, that will bring Netflix uh, roughly $62 million more from Canadians. So that's already almost two-thirds of this new investment is directly shifted onto Canadian consumers. If Netflix over the next year were to increase their price by slightly more than 50 cents for their standard subscription, then this, the full cost of this $100 million investment would actually be transferred to the Canadian consumers of Netflix. So in that sense, it, it effectively works out to be a tax because the increased cost, the, at the end of the day, the retail consumer is facing an increased cost. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, and and the, the fact that we're kind of singling out Netflix here, talking about Netflix, I mean, Netflix kind of represents a, a lot of this digital shift. And, and certainly Netflix faces competition, will face competition in the years ahead. We're, we're kind of at this, this point where there's this whole transitioning occur and these questions about Canadian content and does the government have the power to regulate all of this? Uh, do, do we know those answers at this point? Uh, I don't think that we know all of the answers, but I would say that it's a good choice for, or I believe it's a good choice that the government didn't impose the full gambit of CRTC uh, regulations, restrictions, and funding requirements onto Netflix, because um, then, for one thing, that what would that mean if there was another international competitor to Netflix? Would they then uh, have to go through another negotiation process and then impose these restrictions? Or... Um, would companies just simply choose not to do business in Canada due to the uh, onerous requirements? Because the at least the um, Canadian content requirement for a certain percentage of broadcasted material, uh, be, it should be Canadian. That doesn't actually really fit into Netflix's business model because they don't actually choose how much of what gets shown. That's up to the people that subscribe to their service. So in some ways... Um, this new culture strategy and the potential modernization of things related to the CRTC might help to answer some of the broader questions about um, the interaction of Canadian companies with these international players and also what is the appropriate level of um, regulation that the government could actually impose on companies that aren't located in Canada and could simply choose to move their business elsewhere. Right. Well, you know, I think for all intents and purposes, Netflix is a broadcaster. But as far as the government's concerned, as far as the rules and regulations are concerned, is Netflix a broadcaster? For that matter, is is YouTube a broadcaster? Uh, In the traditional sense of what a broadcaster is, I would say that they're not. Um, In terms of the content that they provide, they are similar. But in terms of their business structure and how the content actually gets delivered, and also the legal requirements in terms of taxation separate even from the CRTC are all still um, there's many more issues beyond specifically the cultural content and uh, I would like to see this potentially get to a broader strategy where um, instead of doing these agreements individually the government could actually just um, by changing our GST and HST legislation and make these companies responsible for collecting and remitting that tax on behalf of Canadians, and that would actually end up giving the government potentially uh, similar amounts of revenue to these individual agreements, and it would also be a robust system that could potentially, um, you know, it would capture the new companies as they arise 
and um, these things wouldn't have to be dealt with after these companies enter the Canadian market, become competitors, and people get upset. It could we could renew the system or we could modernize our system so that we could level the playing field and then actually make it robust to new companies and new disruptors moving into the market. Yeah, interesting. Well, and when we talk about the money Netflix is spending, presumably it sounds like they're going to be producing Canadian content that they would own and broadcast. Is that your understanding, as opposed to funding productions that might air elsewhere? Well, I, uh, details are a little bit scarce as to what will actually happen, but uh, the... I think the example they're using is Alias Grace, which was a combined production between CBC and Netflix. And so um, if Canadian broadcasters and content producers want to work with Netflix, I think that that will be up to Netflix whether or not they're going to make the investment. Because so far as I can tell from this agreement, it just sets a minimum level of investment. So these these will still be individual business decisions that Netflix undertakes um, just as long as it hits its minimum ceiling. And uh, Netflix has had success with its Canadian content on a more global scale. So this could potentially just be business as usual. Yeah, it could be. Now, it, when, when we look at the, the model that you talked about, where we would be collecting GST and HST from companies like this, would that money ideally go then into the Canadian Media Fund and, and other funds like that to, to generate Canadian content? Well, it would actually just be general government revenues, and then from there, then the federal government could potentially choose to direct some of that revenue towards the Canadian Media Fund, but it could also use it to fund different programs. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't tie the revenue directly to a specific outcome. Um, I would just, with GST and HST, it's, it's a non, it's a consumption tax, uh, it is non-disruptive of the market, and um, this is also something that uh, all, all producers of digital content in Canada are at a competitive disadvantage um, with companies like Netflix or um, Uber and whatnot that don't have to collect and remit GST. So I think that there's a much broader way to do this outside of the uh, broadcasting area and cultural content, I think that this is a much broader competitive issue for all digital content and Canadian companies that want to produce digital content that they sell to Canadians. Right. So this will probably have to be revisited at some point, you would think? I I believe so. I think that this is um, potentially a good compromise and first step, but in terms of uh, substantive policy change, this doesn't really actually appear to be a substantive policy change because it's a singular agreement with a singular company that doesn't actually have broader implications for other companies. Yeah, great point. Well, we'll see where it all goes from here. In the meantime, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate the insight. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Rosalie Weyansh with the uh, City Howe Institute Policy Analyst. So she's kind of studied that, that whole digital taxation side. So that's what's interesting here. There's really nothing new. There's no new regulations, no new internet tax. And I think Netflix has basically looked at this and said, man, we'll just we'll do this instead. Now, it's possible from Netflix's perspective that when they invest in content, that they benefit, which is why they've already been spending money on content. I don't know what they're going to get for this $500 million or where it's going to go. Worth making a bunch of new Canadian TV shows is going to make them money. I, I think it would help, is my advice to Netflix. Bring back... The CBC show, He Shoots, He Scores. Big hit in the 80s. I miss that one. 
Uh, otherwise, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. So it's going to be interesting. But that stands out, though. So all this talk of new regulations, new internet taxes, uh, taxes, et cetera, didn't happen. And, but here's the thing, as, as our guest kind of hinted, if Netflix is committed to spending money, maybe it wouldn't have otherwise spent. And they then raise their rates to pay for <laughs> all this spending. Well, that kind of is a de facto tax, isn't it? Anyway, 403-974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.